This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU bands everywhere, Wednesday, November 18th. Wherever and however you are connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a projected fourth-round pick in the 2020 broadcaster draft, Jerem Jordan. That'd be really high for me. I'm probably an undrafted free agent in that draft, let's be honest. Uh, I'm a double-A player, if you will, in the uh, Major League scheme. Um, Today's the NBA draft, and uh, hopefully your only child's name is called. We'll talk about that throughout the broadcast. But, oh, man, do we have a show, because there's news with the Pac-12, BYU fans, uh, are excited about the possibilities, what that means, that Utah, that another team, Tom Homo snarkily tweeting, John Wilder snarkily tweeting. We got a lot of content to cover. Let's get after it. For the record, you would be one of the steals of the broadcaster draft. I would steal. I don't know that I am a steal, <laughs> but I would steal. Hey, besides Yoli Child's NBA draft hopes, here's what else makes the Wednesday show lineup, as Jerem just alluded to. Did the Pac-12 just paved the way for a BYU Power 5 game this season, and would it be against Utah? Are you willing to risk BYU's shot at a New Year's Six Bowl by adding a last-minute Power 5 game? We'll go one-on-one with NFL defensive line prospect Kairos Tonga. Does he still want all of the Power 5 smoke like he tweeted out this summer? And NBA draft expert Chad Ford joins us live. Let's do this. Here are today's headlines. Let's get after it. Head coach Kalani Stake, one of 24 candidates for the Paul Bear Bryant National Coach of the Year Award. The winner will be announced January 13th. Also, Kairos Tonga invited to play in the Hula Bowl January 31st at Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News, first on Twitter, reports that Pac-12 athletic directors have voted to allow non-conference games still needs to be voted on by university presidents and chancellors. However, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports amended that a bit, saying there was no official vote, but rather an effective and positive response to that idea. Much more on this developing story in just a minute. (laughs) There's so much to unpack with that one. I cannot wait. We know the TV and tip times for the first three games of the season next week for men's basketball, all on BYU TV, all at 9 Eastern. Wednesday versus Westminster is the season opener. Thursday against New Orleans. I wish that was the Pelicans. And Saturday against Utah Valley. Additionally, we're announcing that for all BYU TV men's basketball broadcasts this season, we will be doing a pre- and post-game show. Very excited about this. Uh, I'm going to be the host with varying analysts. Tyler Haas will join us on the first three next week. That will be fun. And, of course, all games are on BYU Radio. As we've mentioned a few times now, the NBA draft tips off tonight. The Cougars could see a player drafted for the first time in a very long time tonight. In what has become a very fluid draft situation thanks to COVID, Yoli Childs has been projected in the second round by multiple mock drafts, including USA Today saying at one point he was a top 40 prospect. Do NBA general managers feel the same we'll find out watch tonight 7 eastern on espn i'm stoked that we're chatting with chad ford as well one of the premier voices with the draft also happens to work at byu hawaii which is super random and crazy i love it yeah and i've seen yoli childs everywhere from top 42 outside the top 100 he's one of the more mysterious draft prospects he could be drafted in the second round it could be undrafted to me it's all about fit which we'll get into and he feels like he will be 
a steal in the draft if someone takes a chance on him. Good for Yoli. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Holy Pac-12 plot twist, Batman. The Pac-12 athletic directors are actively discussing the allowance of non-conference games to ensure their healthy teams aren't left at home. Naturally, BYU fans say, hey, BYU's a very attractive potential replacement. National analysts are already on that board this morning. Jerem, do you want to see BYU schedule a Pac-12 team, maybe multiple, in their open dates? BYU has November 28th, December 5th, and then December 19th could work, but December 18th is the Pac-12 title game, so it could just be another game of two teams that aren't in the top two of the Pac-12 there. Who needs a game? Does BYU need a game? No. The Pac-12 needs games. You know who doesn't need a game? Brigham Young. I believe that BYU, if they should play North Alabama Saturday successfully and San Diego State and win, we're talking playing, COVID, and win. If BYU's 10-0 on December 20th, I believe BYU will be in a New Year's Six because, because undefeated and because 10 games played. We're seeing so many teams have games canceled. It's to the point where if you play, like you said, that's a win. I love that idea. The Pac-12 is the one in need of a game. What if BYU turned the tables and wasn't the needy one as the independent trying to fill a schedule and said, no, we're good. We're good. Does BYU need a game? Does BYU need Utah? We'll get that in a sec. Would BYU want a game with Utah? We'll talk about that in a moment. Mm. I don't think BYU needs a game with anybody. I think BYU's good. I think if BYU gets to 10, we good. If BYU and their aspirations are mainly on the New Year's Six, then I agree with you. I would hope so. BYU if it's good. above that, that's pretty They're greedy. in. They are pacing for 10-0. and 0. They will be heavy favorites, obviously, against North Alabama, 47.5 points, and they'll probably be a double-digit favorite against San Diego State. Two touchdowns, something like that. They're pacing for 10-0. and 0. If they want to get into a New Year's Six game, then this is the way. Yeah. Yes, yes, this is the way. Yes, Mando. But... If BYU is pacing for something more ambitious and they want to bolster the resume for the college football playoff, then you could say that BYU needs something more there in terms of strength of schedule. So if right, Utah right. comes calling, right. and as Andy Staples Utah pointed coming, out, Colin. Andy Staples pointed out this morning, Oregon and USC at BYU now, please. No. This would be one of the dumbest things BYU could possibly do. Okay, what if it's Utah, though, on November 28th? That's because... topic two. Don't... Okay. That's topic right. two. Wait. We'll get there. Wait. We'll get there. You're right. You're right. Bruce Feldman, uh, we mentioned that he amended the Andy Staples tweet, and I want to read what he <laughs> tweeted. A source tells me that Pac-12 athletic directors didn't actually vote on the issue of allowed teams to schedule non-conference games if their game got canceled due to covid but they did discuss it and are generally supportive of the idea and are still getting feedback. Okay, yeah, they're talking about it. Here's, here's my main issue. The Pac-12 and Big Ten, in order to play again, they had to be very strict in the protocols to make it look like they still cared about health to, and could play, right? Because if you really, really, really cared about the health, you wouldn't play at all. So is that rhetoric out right? the window? But you, So if... If BYU lined up a game with the Pac-12, the, the protocols BYU would have to agree to are probably too strict. You know what I mean? What? I'm not saying BYU's been derelict in their duties. 
I think BYU's done a great job. BYU had a game postponed because they had an issue. But the Pac-12 and Big Ten, like, their, their protocols are, are too strict. It's, isn't that obvious? They can't play games in the same way that BYU's been able to play games and do it safely, by the way. There have been hospitalizations from BYU's football team or spreads to people within the program that have been seriously sick. BYU's done it well and done it right and played. It wouldn't work anyway, in my opinion. Now, the thing that is working in favor of the Pac-12 and Big Ten now is better testing, more rapid testing. And that was brought up all the way back in September when they said, hey, daily testing could help the Pac-12 That's not the issue. The issue is, oh, we, we had too few players available. Okay, we can't play. Like, those things, those protocols within that, not the actual testing. Yeah, and then and yeah, the more you test, the more you're going to find, right? Oregon and USC, add BYU now, please, says Andy Staples. At Tom Homo responded with this. This was awesome. Folks, you scheduling gurus are slow this morning. Must have slept in. <laughs> <laughs> and then John Wilner brought a fantastic this, tweet. This was funny. So John broke the news on all this stuff, right? The Pac-12 was talking about it. First on Twitter. Lowercase breaking. <laughs> BYU fans think Pac-12 news is all about BYU. Naturally. By the way, he was quoting a USC fan that mentioned BYU. So not completely fair. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Okay, topic two. Should BYU try to line up a game against Utah and risk a potential New Year's Six game? If it's for a game against Utah this season, yes, Jerem. Advantage BYU across the board. They have played eight games. Utah, unfortunately for them, can't get on the field. Yep. And they're scheduled to play Arizona State on November 28th. Arizona State might not play another game this season. I'm not joking. Like it, it, the situation is dire there with COVID. I, I want a revamp of Herm Edwards' quote because he's the head coach at Arizona. You play to play a game. Yeah. That would be good for Arizona State. So with Utah scheduled to play Arizona State over Thanksgiving weekend, ah, now we're throwing on the traditional matchup between BYU and Utah that time of year. You dirty dog. And Utah might just be available. Oh, by the way, they're 40 minutes away from Provo. BYU has clearly shown they're interested in playing that game. But if you're Kyle Whittingham, think about this. You've got a nine-game streak hanging over BYU's head. Why would ten, you want to risk that this year if you're Kyle Whittingham? Ten is coming, by the way. Ten and zero for BYU. Ooh. Oh, see what I did there? See what I did there? And would a win over Utah help BYU get to ten and zero? Listen, I'm told that BYU and Utah have talked multiple about, times. Yes, uh, there's no game lined up though, which means that probably Utah doesn't want to play the game. Why would Utah not want to play the game? Like you said, I get it. Like they don't want to. Why? We're just trying to do our own thing in the league and blah, blah, blah. Like, and get, look at it from Utah's perspective. BYU is in the top 10. You know, we, we've made this assumption with adding games that other teams, one, have the capacity or right to do so within their league, and two, actually want to do so. You know who doesn't want to play BYU? Like, almost everybody. Most, most teams don't want Like, to. almost everybody does not want to play BYU. They're watching them, and they're going, oh, maybe. Oh, no. Well, Army looked at the Navy game and was like, no, thanks. We're good. We just, yeah. I mean, if, th- that's if, canceled, by the way. You're a team that's like not Oregon, that's and you're being projected to play BYU in the Fiesta Bowl. Why would Oregon schedule BYU late in the season? It's like, going to be playing the Fiesta Bowl. It's going to be hard enough just to play games in the Pac 12, let alone win all of them. There's an assumption that people want BYU. That's not the case, per se. BYU has looked into trying to get more games. We know this. I'm telling you this, right? But. It hasn't happened quite yet for whatever reason. Some of those reasons are that teams don't want to play BYU. 
I know of multiple, multiple teams that BYU's reached out to, and they've been told, no, we don't want a game, right? They don't want to smoke because that man is leading BYU to a special season. And, yes, the schedule is different. BYU has, one, improved. Two, played a different schedule. There have been some challenges on it, fewer than the original one. But BYU has not only won but dominated in every game but one. People don't want to smoke. Utah doesn't want to smoke. Are you sure? I know that Utah has played nine in a row, but they don't want to smoke this year. They just don't. Why would they put that streak on the line? Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Maybe this reason. Because they'd have the opportunity to derail one of the greatest BYU football seasons in history. Are they that petty and vindictive that that would drive Both them to are this game? petty and vindictive. We can ruin BYU's chances at a New Year's Six game. We can ruin their undefeated season. And there's an opportunity to beat them ten times in a row. We can show people that they're pretenders and not contenders. Is that enough to get Utah into that game? I don't think it is, Jerem. I do not think yeah. it is. I think that I, the winning think streak the- and the situation, because Utah has not played, they're not ready to go. Like, it's not favorable for Utah. Right. These are situations that are, yes, way more favorable for BYU. Like, and I don't want to – here's what's annoying. BYU's good this season, finally. I don't want to get on the high hill and, like, be lobbing grenades at everybody, <laughs> per se. Like, because I understand the history around what's – last three years, BYU's not been that good. They finally got good this year. It's awesome. It's fun. We're enjoying it. Zach Wilson's incredible. He's going to be gone. Uh, you know, there may be coaches gone. Like, this is it. Next year, BYU's going to return to probably a 7-5 and five situation because they're going to lose some weapons. They're going to lose uh, some coaches. They're going to play seven power fives. We're enjoying this season as it comes, right? Utah may even win the game next year. Who knows? Hopefully BYU wins it, whatever. But would you risk a New Year's Six for this game? I would not, personally. I would. I, I, I would not. I, 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 would, I value getting to a New Year's Six more than anything relative to Utah. There is a lot of ground to be gained by beating Utah. And I think BYU There's would more ground to be lost love that than there is to be gained. But what are the percentages? We just went through how it's the conditions are much more favorable for BYU. They, they are, but the ROI is not high enough. Everybody before the season was so direly affected by COVID felt like this is the year. This is the year that BYU can beat Utah. This, this is the year. You know how you get into – you know why BYU is undefeated and, and uh, New Year's Six conferences? Because they didn't have the schedule they had before, right? Is Boise they, State a better team than Utah right now? I think they are. It's hard to know. Utah hasn't played a game. It's like hard to assess them <laughs> if they haven't played a game, right? I would like to see them play to say, hmm, they're good or they're not. Maybe you'll change your opinion if they play USC and don't look very good, right? Well, USC <laughs> will probably have like a tipped ball for a touchdown in the last <laughs> two minutes to win. To win 17-14. Yeah. And it's like, wait, is USC good or are they lucky? Better Man. to be lucky than good? Yeah. I, no, I, I want BYU in a New Year's Six more than I want anything else. You think about it. BYU just fired seven sports information directors. Don't tell me money isn't an issue right now for everybody, including Brigham. Uh, getting into a New Year's Six would be the financial boon of the century for BYU. I don't need a uh, big-chested, puffy, wannabe, tough situation saying, yeah, let's schedule Utah to risk that. I don't need that. I don't need that. Lose the ego. Uh, let's, let's BYU win the next two games, get to New Year's Six, and then you uh, play Utah next year. It would be incredible to earn a New Year's Six spot with a win over Utah. You can Utah. do it without it. So why at it? You can do it without it. Because you want to get rid of the losing streak, and you have this idea of wanting I like to prove people wrong. I like New greater than that. I, a win. I do too, but if, this is, if Utah wants to add the game, 
I say bring it on. Utah doesn't want to end a game. That conversation's been happening for a while. They, listen, you don't see, you think BYU and Utah for the first time like today are like, oh yeah, maybe we should play. Before the season, when before uh, you know after it was canceled or what, the game was canceled, like hey, we still want the game. Blah blah. blah. BYU always wants the game. You know who doesn't want the game? Utah. They didn't want it because they're like, ah, we have Florida. Can we take a break? BYU's like, oh okay, but we want the game. BYU always wants the game. Our question of the day: Would you risk a potential New Year's Six bowl spot? For a chance to end the losing streak against Utah. Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Landon Wolf on Twitter. Absolutely. Rivalries are what make college football special. Beat Utah. Show BYU as a New Year's Six quality team. Solidify Zach Wilson as an all-time great Make 2020 special again. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that I don't think BYU wouldn't beat Utah, because I think they would. It's just, oh, there's no risk. And the New Year's Six is within reach, so why have this, like, tangent game? I get why people want a Utah game, but I just think the New Year's Six greater than literally anything else. Because they don't want the asterisk that is hanging on BYU's name of, well, they haven't played anybody, and they didn't play a Power 5 team, and they've still lost nine in a row to Utah. This that is... asterisk will not be put on there by anybody but Utah fans. Exactly. But so don't worry about the it. The Utah fans, for those BYU fans that are suffering through the constant hammering, verbal hammering they're receiving are the ones that are driving this conversation. The, we can't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Suffering in the top ten in the New Year's Six and Heisman conversation. What a, what a, what a plot BYU fans have right now. It's so hard. <laughs> Coming up, will Yola Childs be drafted tonight? NBA draft expert Chad Ford joins us. And does Kairos Tonga want more games, more smoke? Why he thinks this team is so much better than last year. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Hoops are back starting next week. Three games in four days, baby, all on BYU TV, all at 9 Eastern time. Count down to tip-off, 8.30 Eastern before that. Wednesday versus Westminster, Thursday versus New Orleans, Saturday against Utah Valley on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our question of the day, would you risk BYU's New Year's Six chances and add Utah to the schedule? There is definite risk there, but there is high reward. As is pointed out on Twitter by at Fishing with Adam, the benefits of a win far outweigh the risk of a loss. Benefits include Zach Wilson beating Utah at least once. BYU guarantees a New Year's Bowl appearance. Higher possibility of playoffs. And bragging rights. Perfect way to wrap up this unique season and more. Sorry, you just dismissed the most uh, amazing possible thing in BYU football besides what happened in 84 and the Heisman. It's going to New Year's Six. You just acted like it was nothing. No, that is the most significant uh, thing in BYU football history aside from the national championship in Heisman. It's bigger than the Cotton Bowl. It's bigger than any other season besides 84. BYU's never done it. Not even in 1984. Yes, you're acting like those things are the same. They are not. <laughs> they are not. Compelling conversation continues. Hashtag BYUSN. Last night, I had the opportunity to speak with one of the most soft-spoken giants on the BYU football team. He has huge NFL dreams and huge aspirations for this BYU football team in 2020. Kyrus Tonga on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. 
Kyrus, what in the world does one of the premier defensive linemen in the country in college football do when you have a week off? What's your bi-week go-to activity? We work hard still. Uh, we don't take any breaks off. We, we're hitting the, the weight room harder than ever, and we're conditioning, making sure we stay at the top. So it's been a, a hard week of, of prepping, and uh, we're excited for this upcoming game. So. There's no rest for the best. Albeit, you do have to probably watch a lot of football. And I mm -hmm. asked this to your teammate, Tyler Algier, but how much football did you watch last weekend while you had a break? Oh, the whole Saturday. I watched uh, probably every college game I could uh, possibly watch with my brother. So it was, a, it was a fun weekend for me. What'd you learn about your team when you compare and contrast the Cougars that you play for this year against some of the other top teams in the country? Um, I don't know. There's um, it's hard to say. We're we're just having fun with it. It's been it's been super fun to be on this team. Um, to be with guys who are bought in and who are uh, having fun, cheering each other on is it's just a different atmosphere uh, from past seasons with uh, with different teams we've been on. So it's been um, it's been real fun to be on this team. Now you made it clear that you felt like this specific team was very different than the teams that you've been a part of in the past, and you put that on social media. In fact, I think you said, to quote you, "We want all the smoke." When all the games went away, you said, "We want all the smoke." Why did you feel like this team was different, and that you were ready for something significant? Um, just how uh, just with everything that went on this uh, this past year. Um, just everything in the beginning from not being able to play college football and everyone's season getting canceled. Um, we stayed a uh, super close knit as a, a, a close group and we continue to work. We stay optimistic. We told each other that we're going to have the season. Um, Tom Homo and Coach Kalani and our, our coaching staff did a great job with, with getting us games last minute. And we're super fortunate to be in this position. And we're just super excited to just see them play. So it was uh, definitely a different mentality coming into the season. And as uh, we've been having fun with this. So. Now, much has been said about the three-week layoff between North Alabama and San Diego State and the openings that BYU has available. Do you still want all the smoke if Tom Holmo and company add another game on uh, either of those open dates? Of course. We, uh, we'd love to play as many games as possible. Um, and that's I can speak for, for a lot of guys on the team. We just want to play. We just want to have fun. This is fun, and uh, we just want the season to continue to go. Of course, it starts with North Alabama uh, on Saturday in uh, what should be a pretty mild November climate, albeit with just family and friends there to help out with the COVID scenario. So what type of welcome and atmosphere are you expecting on Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against North Alabama? I think it's going to be good. It's going uh, to be real fun. And uh, North Alabama coming in is going to be uh, – we know they're not going to take it easy. Uh, they, they've had uh, – they played great games this season. And we know they have uh, a lot of good skilled players and uh, great players that can make great plays. So uh, we're definitely not taking them lightly, but we're excited to, uh, to play this week. Now, it's very easy, especially when the media says BYU is going to win this game by 40-plus points, to kind of take it easy and not go as hard as you would. So how – how are you combating that idea? Why do you feel like you're going to show up and, and be the BYU team that you've been all season? It's just our mentality. Uh, we've never looked at a team that uh, 
despite of their record. Uh, we know that uh, every team is it's hard to win a, a college football game. And you see upsets everywhere around the nation. And uh, we know that can happen to us any week. So that's our mentality. We know uh, we always got to be at the top of our game each week. And um, we're just excited to to play this week after coming off a of bye week and uh, just grateful to be in this position. So, Kyrus, it's basically impossible to block out all of the positive noise for BYU with the number eight ranking in both major polls. And BYU is expected to be in their first ever college football playoff poll, and that's released on November 24th. And you're being projected to play in a New Year's Six bowl game against the likes of Oregon. What do you think about all that attention? It's cool, I guess. But, um, we're just having fun. We're taking it week by week. Um, in the locker room, we don't even talk about it. Um, we hear about it, of course, and uh, we're grateful for, like, all the fans who, who hype us up and our families who hype us up. But we know uh, that anything could change any week. So uh, we're taking it week by week, like I said, and uh, focusing on, on each game. So. All right, let's talk about your position group specifically. Obviously, you draw a lot of attention, a lot of double teams. But let's talk about the guys around you and what you've seen from them in progression. Zach Dodd, Bracken L. Bakri, Tyler Batty, among others. How has the defensive line maybe surprised you this year? Um, with this year, just no drop-offs. Um, our rotations, everyone's confident in each other. Uh, we have no worry about who's on the field at, at any moment. We trust each other that much. And uh, everyone's just uh, super pumped just to be able to play on the field with each other. So it's been a, it's been such a, a tight group. And um, I'm grateful for these guys and everything that they taught me and, and the learning process we've got to go through through the offseason and being able to to lean on on each other and, and to play for each other. So it's been uh, it's been very fun to be with this uh, this group of men. Yeah, understandably, this has been a very fun season, probably a gross understatement there, especially when you're lining up next to Bracken Al Bakri. I mean, that guy, he is a one-in-a-million personality. Oh. What's it like to play on the defensive line in the heat of battle with Bracken Al Bakri? So easy. It is so easy. It makes my job um, – way easy for me Bracken is a uh, Bracken I feel like is probably one of the the best D tackles to play here at BYU and that's a uh, and we had a lot a, a lot of good D linemen that that been here and Bracken's just uh at the top of the list with uh with uh with a bunch of uh guys who, who've been here so Bracken's is a he's a monster funny goofy guy off the field on the field scary guy I wouldn't want to go against him so I'm lucky to uh to have the have, have him next to me on on the same team, so. Well, that's a real compliment coming from you because I think everyone's afraid to uh, play against you, Kyrus. So uh, I'm going to make sure that Bracken hears about that. Some serious love. Oh, make sure, make sure he hears it. <laughs> okay, I, and I, I know that many people are familiar with your special bond and relationship with Kalani Satake. What has it meant to you to see him enjoy this type of success and your team enjoy this type of success amidst a global pandemic when, as you mentioned, you weren't even sure you were going to play a game this season. Kalani deserves um, everything that's coming to him right now. Um, a lot of people don't see what he does for, for each of us. He, um, with him being here early, with him leaving late, um, being able to, to coach us in, in every position, if it's offense or defense, um, he, he really cares. Um, a lot of guys, we, they don't see it, but Kalani takes the time to, to, to talk to other players on the other team, making sure 
their their families are okay and that's just the type of guy he is he's, he's super loving and um we're grateful to have Kalani here and um very grateful to have him at BYU we love him here and hopefully he can stay another 40 years so yeah, we'll uh, check with him on that 40-year extension. Yep. Uh, dial, dial, up, <laughs> dial up Tom Holmo for that. Kairos, um, yep. before you go, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your football future. I know that immediately it's North Alabama and then San Diego State on December 12th, and then who knows which bowl game you're going to play in. But there's a lot of NFL talk, and you're a prospect that is becoming more and more valued by a lot of these top NFL teams. How do you handle the pressure of that growing spotlight for NFL teams? Yeah, it's been um, it's been such a fun process. Uh, very fortunate to to even be in this position, um, but I haven't really uh, I haven't really been worried about it. Uh, I've been having fun with our team and. Um, it's been super easy to not get caught up with, with the media and with what everyone was saying outside the locker room. So it's it's easy to be with guys like um, that's on the team to make sure we're all bought in, making sure we're doing the right things and focusing on what we need to focus on. And it's been uh, paying off. So. Seriously, it has been paying off. Congratulations on everything thus far. And uh, the, the most li- uh, the most recent Kyra smash up on the Boise Blue. I mean, there, there were some good things happening up there, man. Let's give you some karma for this Saturday against North Alabama, and we'll see you on the weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you. Kairos Tonga on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. You can see the men's chorus still... Uh... Still chiming in with the... Uh, Gregorian chant? Yeah, yes. Kairos is awesome, right? It's been great to have him on this team. I'll be surprised if he comes back next year. I think he's bouncing. It, it makes sense. It'd be great if he did come back. Uh, perhaps not for his NFL future. I don't know. Maybe he can better himself, but I'm thinking he probably needs to bounce. But it'd be fun against that schedule next year. Have Kairos talk. It feels like this will absolutely be the year that BYU has multiple draft picks for the first time since 2009. If they don't, when are they going to do it? Yeah. Because BYU's in the spotlight so much right now. Okay, coming up, where's Yoli Child's best fit in the NBA? Chad Ford and his big board to join us. Plus, Kalani Satake, we're not sure if he's going to get 40 more years, but he is a candidate for National Coach of the Year. How do you feel about it? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU North Alabama will kick off live Saturday, 3 Eastern on BYU TV. The game will also experience a uh, have a second screen experience. Spencer Linton, David Nixon, Mitch Matthews, by the way, who he and Maddie successfully uh, they had a baby yesterday. Yes, so Mitch and Maddie. Matthews. First screen experience, second screen experience. BYU Radio, you gotta you have options. The Power Couple. 18 years from now, we'll be very much in the discussions with Brigham Young University about the prospects of their child competing in some type of high-level athletics. Absolutely. <laughs> Event, yes. Here's Jeremiah I'm Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Kalani Sitake is named to the Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year watch list. What's the most impressive thing Kalani Sitake has done this year? Coached BYU to an undefeated record for the first time, at least through this point, since 2001. It's been almost two decades since BYU has been 8-0 in a season. And I don't care that the schedule and the competition has not been as tough as it we're going to be. He's done an amazing job focusing his team in each and every week 
and doing something that they haven't done in the recent past, Jerem. We've pointed out ad nauseum, yeah. 11 and 12 against non-Power 5 teams over the last three seasons. Well, guess what? BYU's 8-0 against non-Power 5 teams this season. BYU's a top 10 team. That's the most impressive thing. Winning, top 10, near 6, Heisman convo. Let's go. It can't be better than it is right now. It really, There's it, a reason he's like, a coach of the year candidate. This is as good as it could be. Chris Wilcox told the media last night he will not be returning next season to BYU, even though all of these seniors are granted a free year because of COVID. Jerem, how many seniors do you expect to return for one more year? Well, here's the guys that could be gone. Zach Dock, Iris Tonga, Bracknell, Backer, Isaiah Kafusi, Kavik Fonua, Troy Warner, Zane Anderson on the offensive line, Tristan Hodge and Shannon Herring as well. Chris Wilcox, as you mentioned. I don't know how many guys are going to come back. Hopefully more than fewer, but I'm guessing that a lot of guys are like, all right, time to move on, either to the NFL or get a job. Yeah, the list that you just presented, I'm hoping, I mean, if three of those guys come back, great news for BYU. So be nice. I'm, I'm hoping for at least three. Would you be disappointed if Yoli Childs is not drafted in tonight's NBA draft? Yes, because I want it for Yoli Childs. I want him to hear his name called. He's put in so much work. He's done so many interviews. His numbers at the Combine were off the charts good. I'd be disappointed for Yoli Childs because I know what it means to him. And there is some serious validation when you have your name called in that draft. It just does not happen at BYU very often. I'd be a little disappointed. Not a lot disappointed. A little because he came back to get drafted. He was not going to. So if he came back and then he's not drafted again, that's a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. But it was worth it because of the season he had. And then I think more people saw what Yoli Childs can do. Oh, he improved his stock for sure. He improved his stock. Whether that's validated by the draft or not is one thing. But I think that Yoli Childs has a shot to obviously be in the G League if not get into the NBA. So let's see where it goes from here. I'd be a little disappointed. And BYU needs a draft pick for multiple reasons. That'd be good, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This one's a little crazy. Since 1993, only four BYU Cougars have been selected in the NBA. What? Yeah. Let's name them. Four? Uh, let's see. Travis Hansen. Uh-huh. Jimmer was the last one. Tra- Rafael Araujo. So that's it. The Rebels are there. I really want BYU to add to this number. BYU is not a place currently where people come and get drafted very easily. So hopefully that can change. And I think that can. Is Matt Harms a draft pick next year from BYU? Uh, Alex Barcelo, I do not think is, right? Matt Hart said he came to but, play for Mark Pope specifically with the intent of improving his draft stock. Mark Pope would know. Like, he was a guy that got drafted and was in the league for, what, six years or so? Yeah. So, let's go. And BYU had a 10-year gap between Sean Bradley and Travis Hansen, too. <laughs> 10 years. I want that to change. I want that stat to change. Speaking of high-level players and a second overall draft pick in her respective league, Ashley Hatch of the NWSL, former BYU soccer star, now on the 23-player roster for upcoming games, including one against the Netherlands on November 27th. Jeremy, she's one of six forwards on arguably the greatest women's soccer team in the world right now. Will she rep the USA in the 2023 Women's World Cup? That'd be awesome. She's certainly capable. Tobin Heath, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press are the big three, right? And then you have uh, Sophia Smith and then Lynn Williams, who went to Pepperdine, Yeah, is there. She's got a shot. Depends how many forwards they carry. This is pretty stinking cool. Um, yeah, I'm not going to doubt her. I, it's it's a lot to ask. Say, yeah, yeah, I expect her to be there in 2023. But, I mean, the fact that she's here on this 23-player roster already, it's, That's it, cool. it's, it's a good sign for her and future. It, and if this was the peak, it was pretty good. Come on. Okay, coming up, a Zach Wilson for Heisman Update. 
And Chad Ford, NBA draft guru, is going to join us live. Does he have Yoli Childs on his draft board? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up after us, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. As the coach previews the North Alabama game, Greg Rubel chats with Dax Milne and Deep Blue about former player Mike Nascimento. Oh, I'm being told it's Milne. Dax Milne. <laughs> Dash Milne. Put some respect on his name. It's Milne. Who's, who's not? I know. Well, everybody is now. So, yeah, welcome, welcome to the Dax Milne. Keep waving that flag. And welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Oh, I will. The banner, the banner is high for Dax. It's also high for Zach get a Wilson. Bit, let's get you a big flag, like a PVC pipe thing. Let's wave the Heisman <laughs> update for Zach Wilson right now. Strike that pose. It's time for another Wilson for Heisman update. Whoa! Wait, wait, wait. He sped the voice up? <laughs> what just happened there? <laughs> Zach Wilson sits in fifth in both the athletic and uh, Heisman drop poll and the ESPN Heisman watch. Fifth. Is that a finalist? We'll see how many finalists they have. They typically have three, maybe four, five is kind of on there. Wilson is beyond Florida's Kyle Trask. How about that? Up in first. Bama's Mac Jones, Ohio State's Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence from Clemson in both lists. So of note, he's the only non-Power 5 player in there. Would Zach Wilson improve his Heisman stock if he beat a Power 5 team from the Pac-12? They'd go, wow, he beat one Power 5 team. All these other guys... One. But what if it's Seven. USC and he wins another head-to-head battle he already, he with Keaton Slovis? He already did that. It didn't help last year. Our question <laughs> of the day. Would you risk a potential New Year's Six bowl Slovis. spot for a chance to end the streak against Utah of all teams? At Cox Web Dev answers on Twitter. A chance to end the streak? A chance to bolster BYU's college football playoff resume? A chance to play one more game? A chance to beat your rival? I'll take those chances. The ROI is not high enough. BYU is going to a New Year's Six if they're 10-0, I believe. So you don't need anything else. But what if they're 11-0? They're definitely going there, too. And you don't have to live with the streak. But what if they lose? Then they're out of the New Year's Six. Like the, the, the What's co- the chance BYU loses that game is the real question. There is a, a chance. A hypothetical. There is any chance. There is a chance. That's my issue. So even if it were 90%. There is a chance. That's my issue. Okay. Yeah. Because... Listen, BYU needs the dough. Everybody needs the dough. We can't pin down exactly how much dough it is, but BYU needs it. At Old School BYU on Twitter. It's an interesting point. Any team, any time, in parentheses, except Utah. (laughs) To me, that's weak sauce. Time to put our money where our mouth is, and that time is now. No, this, this brazen attitude has cost BYU football relevance for the last decade. (laughs) All right. Keep sending your tweets and hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, today's Rise of Shoutout is Freaky Fast. And we have NBA insider, draft guru, Chad Ford, joining us right after the break. It's Yoli Childs. Going to hear his name called tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. One of the premier NBA draft analysts, host of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast, and associate professor at BYU-Hawaii, Chad Ford joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Chad, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. 
Hey, thanks for having me on, everybody. Yeah, a lot of people are interested about your ties to BYU Hawaii. So can you tell us more about that <laughs> before we jump into uh, the Yoli Childs conversation? Yeah, yeah, that's my day job, right? I'm a professor at BYU Hawaii. I run the peace building program there. I've been doing that since 2005, actually. And so for years with ESPN, did that fall, winter semester, and then off uh, in the spring uh, and summer doing work for ESPN. Uh, this is a weird time because it's November. We're in the middle of the semester. <laughs> and, and because of COVID, we've got a draft in the middle of it. So uh, busy day today. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with the draft happening, BYU fans obviously are excited about the prospects for Yoli Childs, who came back to BYU specifically with the intent of improving his draft stock, which we believe he did. The question is, Chad, how much did Yoli Childs improve his draft stock? Is it enough to hear his name called tonight? I do think that he's got a a shot um, at getting uh, called tonight. I, I don't think it's a given that he's going to be a second-round pick in this draft. I certainly don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. But, you know, look, he had a terrific season for BYU, and and he actually measured quite well at the NBA Draft Combine, both in his, you know, sort of physical measurements with that 6'11 wingspan, and he actually, you know, showed up as a, as a pretty good athlete in, in some of the athletic testing there as well. You know, all of that bodes well for him. Uh, because I, I think some of the questions about, you know, his size. Now, he did only measure six seven um, in shoes. So, he's you know, undersized for his position is a power forward. But, again, that length, that standing reach, those things probably matter more uh, to NBA teams than just exactly how tall you are. And, you know, then I think there's been questions about the shooting. He actually shot it pretty well at BYU uh, his senior season, but, you know, it was a limited sample size. He's not a great free throw shooter. Um, he shot it pretty well, again, at the NBA draft combine. You know, all of that makes him an intriguing second-round prospect. Uh, I know BYU fans probably think he should be going higher, but this is actually, while it's a kind of a weak draft at the top of the draft, it's actually kind of a crowded draft as you move down into the later first round and early second round. There's a lot of interesting prospects here. And intrigue is the name of the game in the draft, is it not? When there's a, a, a prospects in Europe that we have fuzzy tape on and they played one year, they're almost uh, higher sought after than a, a three- or four-year guy in the NCAA, right? And we had no NCAA tournament. We had no finality. So it feels like this draft is unique in that way. And as you mentioned, not to mention November. This is weird. Yeah, it, it is weird. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, some of it is intrigue and upside. Some of it is just all the analytical models you know, tell us that uh, a player at 19 who's playing well is more valuable than a player at 23 or 24 that's playing well, that there's sort of an expected growth every year uh, as, a, as a college basketball player. And especially given the fact that a lot of the top players leave after their freshman year uh, to go play, it means that by the time you're a senior, you're kind of dominating either players that are significantly younger than you or, you know, the, the, the talent has sort of weeded itself out of college basketball. And so I think teams take that big production in your junior and senior year with just a, a slight grain of salt. And again, the analytics have, have really pointed to this uh, in the draft that a, a, a guy that's averaging 10 points a game as a freshman might be more valuable long-term than a guy that's averaging 20 as a senior. Chad Ford, longtime NBA draft analyst with us on BYU Sports Nation. Chad, I can't help but think that Yoli Childs is a little bit like Paul Millsap. Maybe that's a reach. Is there another player comp that he falls into the mold of, or, or is it a guy like Millsap? Yeah, I mean, his game is reminiscent 
And if he becomes Paul Millsap, then he's, you know, criminally drafted low in this draft, right? If, if he's <laughs> going to be Paul Millsap, he should be a top 10 pick uh, in this draft. But Paul Millsap slid uh, into the into the second round. Though, interestingly, I think for Millsap, it had a little bit more to do with his conditioning. I actually was covering the draft back in those days, and he showed up to the NBA Combine like pretty badly out of shape. Mm. And I think a lot of teams who actually were intrigued with him and his potential sort of wrote him off. And then, of course, he did what you know good players do. He got himself in shape and had an incredible career um, in the NBA. You know, with, with second-round picks, you know, part of the challenge just in the NBA draft, unlike the NFL draft, is there's just so few positions uh, that are open every year. Uh, you know, it's very tough, even for the high first-round picks, to crack rotations, uh, to get significant playing minutes, let alone a guy that's in the, in the second round. And so you just have to be a little bit lucky in some ways. And I, and I think for Yoli Childs, what, what's going to happen is he's going to have to get on a team. I'll, I'll give you an example. The Milwaukee Bucks just traded away half their roster to get Drew Holiday uh, <laughs> the other night um, because they're going all in. But it just means that the Bucks are going to have to fill the roster with six, seven, maybe even eight guys, right, that uh, – are, are smaller minimum type players. Some of those are going to be second round draft picks and they're going to get minutes because Milwaukee has no choice, but to throw them out there, that's actually this sort of situation or like what happened in golden state last year with Jordan Poole, mm. uh, who was a second round prospect. And then Steph Curry gets hurt. And then clay Thompson goes out. The warriors kind of throw their hands up in there and say, okay, we're going to rebuild. And suddenly the second round pick is playing 15, 20, 30 minutes a night. And it started to make a career. And so some of it's just luck landing on the right team and with the right opportunity. You have Yoli Childs at 57 on your big board, so that's not to say he's going to go 57th, but if he's in the top 60, he's in, right? Um, what do you think is better, being, being drafted in the, uh, because BYU hasn't had a ton of those, four since 93, or just finding the right fit if you're an undrafted free agent and, and making your way in that way? I actually think that most agents – by the forties are rooting that their player does not get drafted. Hmm. And the reason, the reason is because they want to pick the situation. They want to go in and find a team that might have a, have a roster spot open for them next year, or they think there's a good developmental fit and this team will, will spend the time developing them and you have no control uh, in the draft, right? You go wherever teams go. And and as you'll look at the second round of this mock uh, of our mock draft, there's teams with three second round picks and then they have two first-round picks. They're not going to add five rookies uh, to their roster. Now, they may try to trade them and move them around, but they may just sort of be stuck with them, and then they're going to get cut in training camp, and that's that's going to be the end of it. And it's not for any fault of what the player did. And so absolutely, if I was Yoli Child's uh, uh, agent right now, I would hope that he doesn't get drafted, that we get him into the right training camp situation. Though, again, this is going to be a super weird year because there's not going to be summer league. There's not going to be those sort of rookie camps that we're used to. I mean, we're just going to kind of be rolling in uh, to the next season because of uh, COVID and everything that's happening again. It's going to make it even harder. Chad, we know you're a super busy guy, but that doesn't mean you haven't put out some outstanding publications and material for BYU fans and basketball fans, for that matter, to find. Question is, where do they find it to prepare for the draft and the future of basketball? Yeah, so I have a website, nbabigboard.com, and you can see our mock drafts and what have you. And, and most of my work this year has been uh, via podcast. So if you go to Chad Ford's uh, NBA Big Board, you can get that on, on Apple. You can get that on Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcast. We've been doing a podcast today, bringing on a lot of guests. 
I'm breaking down every player in this draft. I know there's not a lot of time left, but if you want a primer uh, before tonight, uh, listening to the mock draft 3.0 or big board 4.0 will probably get you where you need to get. If you want to sound knowledgeable to your friends when you're watching the draft tonight, and we're doing live draft uh, tonight as well uh, through locked on live. Um, if you want to follow along with David Locke, who's the voice of the jazz uh, and myself as, as well as we're going to break down every pick of this draft live as it happens. Outstanding stuff. Cannot wait, Chad. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy day and i hope that you're watching the draft on the beach tonight <laughs> all right take care guys <laughs> thanks chad chad ford on the deseret first credit union hotline deseret first you know why we show how he's legit man he's really really good he also happens to be a professor at BYU, which is one of my favorite facts day job since him. 2005 he's a, hey he's in the byu network right that's awesome we love it our question of the day would you risk a potential new year six bowl game spot for a chance to end the streak against Utah. What do you think, BYU fans? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Dallin Dickerson on Instagram. BYU needs to risk it. If there's a BYU team that can do it, it's this one. If BYU beats them, that is a Power 5 win added to the resume. High risk, high reward. No one needs, no one's asking for this. This is verbose. Is this it is, high risk, though? Uh, it's yeah, kind of like moderate well, risk. Well, no, it's high. If you don't go to a New Year's Six, then you lost it all. All right. Today's rise and shout outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Jeremy, I want to give it <laughs> to Jimmy Johns for a freaky fast delivery of a GIF in response to a BYU fan with Kalani Satake dancing on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Johns tweeting about Kalani. I like that. Yeah, they saw a BYU fan say, hey, thanks for giving me your sandwich. And they responded with Kalani. Hey, that's good social media. Yes, from- it is. Whoever did that. Yes, it is. Very nice. Very dialed in. Our thanks to today's guests, Kairos Tonga and NBA draft guru Chad Ford. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUF. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to John Ramage. BYU football with Kalani Sitake up next on BYU TV in about two minutes. Maybe we'll hear Yoli Child's name called tonight. Maybe not. Let's go, Yoli. And go Cougs.